All right, we're recording. So, um, Mike Pardon, man, this has been, uh, took a while for us to do this, right? Well, connect. Yeah. <laughs> Two different countries and, uh, yeah, a lot of hours between us, Dale. You know? Yeah, I haven't really spoke to you in a long time, you know, since uh, mid-2000s, and we'll get into that when you, was, uh, when you came back into the scene. But you seem yeah. to me, you're very, uh, I don't know if the word's old school, but you're not, uh, you're kind of just out there doing it instead of uh, doing what everybody else is doing. You're not on social media or living on Facebook. Or... Seems like you're still yeah. out there kind of living your own little dream, right? I think so. I, I'd lo- I, 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 you know, social media, right? I kind of, um, I've got this bit of a quandary with it at the minute. I mean, I've started using Instagram, yeah. which is, we've obviously touched base on that, but I just, I just had this thing with Facebook, you know, and then you know what it's like. It's like everyone paints this, this picture of life's rosy, don't they? You know, and, yes, uh, absolutely. it's like a hello magazine for most people. And then, you know, I mean, I'm quite into, you know, all that stuff where you look at it and it, and it causes you grief because you think, you know, your life should be this, this way and that Dale. So I just sort of, um, yeah, I mean, I do like Instagram because you know what it's like. You can look at, I mean, I've just discovered so many good pictures and so many good little links and that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I, I, I do try. It's just like it just evolves, really, you know. And uh, and it's evolved now into a bit of you know mountain biking, which which I kind of wish I'd have probably done maybe a little bit sooner. But that's kind of that's kind of life, in it, you know. And um, and but you I know, think it's I, so cool though. You like you still skate, you still ride BMX, you're surfing. I mean, like you're saying, you're not you got you still got seems like a really cool life, and <laughs> nobody really knows about it. <laughs> Which is fine, right? It's great, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm t- honestly, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm really honoured to um, for you to to even ask me because um, it, um, yeah, I never because you know I just start, I started. I'm late to the party in a lot of things, right? And I started listening to podcasts about about a year and a half ago, and I was like, no way, these are so great. You know, you can you can so you know now I listen to you know Joe Rogan and Sam Harris and 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 these people and and listen to these fascinating conversations and um and you kind of get to know people don't you you know what i mean like where you know the old school media now is disappearing isn't it we're in such an era of change and yeah you know you, you so you know like i listen to tim and you know i kind of know tim and i still feel like i know tim you know tim you know, you know we know what we're talking about tim march and mm-hmm. and but yeah i listened to your podcast with me he's cut you know the couple of podcasts and i felt like i was there with him as well you know because i was like no way that was i remember that bit you know and uh, yeah. and then listen to simon even simon tabron's one you know and i was like far out listening to to simon's perspective so it's yeah, so I'm late to the party, but these podcasts are fantastic, aren't they? You know, so yeah, uh, no, I'm the same. Yeah. It's and I, I love to connect with you guys. Who, like I say, the people you've known a long time, but really not had a chance to have a conversation with. And you're one of those, those definitely one of those guys. And Simon Tabron is a, you know, I told him uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we're trying to do this, and he's like a huge. As so many people are still, you know, like fans of you. And you just said you found Instagram, and I'm sure you because I see him they here and there. So many great pictures of you. I mean, you really, and we're all going to get into it, the magazines and the covers and racing yeah. and then into freestyle and, you know, all the all the great things. You was part of that thing. So for um, for the ones that don't know, where are you from and uh, where are you now? I guess we'll start start with that. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I was born in, um, I was born in Wivenshaw in Manchester um, and, and sort of grew up around the north of England, you know, so I ended up being... Um, and ended up being close by to Wigan, um, which which um, growing up there was fantastic, as you know, um, for many reasons. Um, it, you know, and I'm now I'm now in Perth, um, so I, I live just five hours north of Perth in Australia. So I emigrated um, alone to Australia um, in 2009. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, but grew up as you know, Dale in the in the north of England and. Um, and that's kind of where, yeah, where it, where you know, it all started for for us in that world. What what year was it then? When because I, I say I, I the first um, I think magazines I saw of you was a, I always get it mixed around official BMX or BMX official. I think it's official BMX, but I remember seeing pictures of you in there on Talker, right? So um, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I, like we, you know, just before we started recording, we talked about, <clears throat> you know, the, the way the paper has evolved, didn't we? And, uh, you know, it was Trials and Motocross, and then it went to um, 
Jeepers. I think it was, yeah, it was BMX News, wasn't it? The paper one. And that was where, that was where I first got, got pictures in, you know, because. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was funny, right? Because the way that evolved was that I, I, Luke, you know, I won't bore you with Army Pass, but I started off, right? I started off watching Speedway when I was a kid, right? And I was fascinated by, you know, motorcycle Speedway. Yeah. And I used to watch Bellevue Aces. And my, my granddad and my family always had sort of motorbikes riding around. And uh, I was just fascinated by the skids, right? right? So I was like, you know, it was just, I could watch something skid, even be it a stock car or something. And this was amazing to me, right? So I used to go out on a bike, obviously, you know, before, it was when like rally choppers and chippers were coming in. Mm-hmm like ingrained in my memory you know that that time in my life and and um so i'd go and watch the speedway races right and i'd go down down the fields near us and i'd do skids <laughs> and yeah uh, and my dad was constantly going i can't believe you know and he, he, i'd have punches all the time right, and wear my tires out and then the thing that i didn't realize right was i was skidding the wrong way <laughs> so i was skidding with my right foot out when you know if you look at speedway obviously they they go um you know you know the the, the um, left foot's out in it yes obviously yeah so I was, you know, my thing was I always wanted to be a speedway rider, and I used to love uh, Peter Collins and Ivan Major and stuff. So, yeah, that that's, and then you know we grew up in the era of of then it, it evolved into Evil Knievel, didn't it? You know, and yeah. every you know everyone wanted to to be, you know, I wanted to be Evil Knievel. I just like so for me growing up where I did right. So we used to build, you know, those classic um jumps you know a couple of bricks and and a lot you know like a bit of a log across it and then you know plank and then you jump over a gap or summer you know just imitating evil can evil yes yeah and and it, you know and i was i seemed to be the kid that would if they built a big gap i'd have a go, a go at it you know because i think where i grew up right it was like it was a way of being someone you know so like um if you could do the longest wheelie, um, or the because because do you remember before BMX right? It was like pedal wheelies, wasn't it? Yeah, so bit, yeah, standing up. You were at wheelies by pedaling, right? <laughs> and, and you'd do ten pedals, and then you know, and all that kind of stuff, and then, but yeah, and that and that and and I hope I'm not going off on a tangent here, and stop me if I am anyway. But I am, um, I, I, and then I remember some kids at school. So we were like fourteen, right? So this would have been, I'm guessing, about nineteen. 80, 80, 79, 80 or something. And <clears throat> these guys in my class, right, said to me, um, I'll mention the names, Andrew Bennett and Mark, Mark Lawley, I think his name was. And they said, right, we've seen these bikes in Halfords and they're unbelievable. They've got 20 inch wheels and they've got knobbly tires. And like, I did not, I was like, what knobbly tires? Are you joking? And, and, he, and uh, one of them went in for a test ride, right? And I'll always remember this daily. He said, I was like, cause, you know, because obviously, you know, it's well before media and social stuff and all that, and there was nothing in the magazines. I didn't even know what a BMX was. And he said, yeah, these these new bikes called BMX are in Halfords, and um, one's called a Pooch Murray. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, right, right. And uh, he said, I had a test ride. He said, the acceleration was phenomenal. <laughs> and I always remember him saying that. And I was going, I was just transfixed by it, right? So we ended. We used to go and get a bag of chips at school when I was like fourteen, and we we sort of walked down the fields, and we we came across Alan's BMX, right? Because he his shop was in a Hindley, mm-hmm. and it was a garage, and and my mate said, oh yeah, this guy's got these BMXs in and all this, right? So we used to go on our dinner lunch break and look through his window, and then walk in, and, and we just see these phenomenal bikes because Alan, you know, didn't deal in those in those cheaper bikes, you know, he dealt in the you know exotic stuff, and um. And that's that's really how it happened. And I remember going to a race, right? And they literally it was just a hill, and and uh, it was in Bolton. And uh, Alan, had, I think he might have talked about. It. And literally, it was dead muddy, and it was a hill. And all he did was there was no start line, no finish, and we just they just rolled down. And like you know, if he stayed on, it was great, and it was dead good fun. Dave Arnold was all there, and everyone. There's actually and, uh, uh, pictures from uh, Alan uh, when when we first started putting stuff on ukbmxhistory.com. If you actually yeah. scroll right to the to the start of the website, because it just kind of continue when it's when it's updated. If you go right to the start or right near the close to the start of the website, uh, you can. You, yeah, Alan, I remember is wrote about that, and he's actually uh, yeah. The, there's pictures to go with that that we posted, which was really cool. So I totally, yeah, totally remember what you're talking about now. That, that's right. Yeah, that was the first first race. So, um, 
so I, I wanted I wanted a BMX, right? And uh, I used to go in and just just like gloat at these bikes and arms, but they were always a bit, you know, they were too expensive. Like I think it was like it was about 160 quid or something for the for the you know the cheapest one that he had, mm-hmm. and I wanted a one for. So I'd saved up for Christmas. I'd saved up and I, and I, I had about 100 quid in my bank account, and me I said to me dad, can I can I buy a BMX? And he went no. And I was devastated, right? And I was like flipping out. But I little did I know that my Uncle Paul had bought me one. He'd gone to Allen's and bought me this Mongoose. Um, it was a Mongoose 2, I think. With, uh, it didn't have motor mag wheels. It had Skyway. That's right. Mongoose Skyway. So I got up Christmas morning and, and uh, I was gutted, right? And and um, all my mates, I looked out the window and they were all, you know when everyone used to ride the group around the street? Yeah. I don't know where you were. No, same, we had the same experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great, isn't it? and you can you know, and I just remember this like five or six of my mates all on these shiny BMXs, and I looked out the window and I had like a TV, you know, an old black and white massive TV that weighed about three tons, right. and I was devastated. Right, and then they said, "You've not got it yet, have you?" And I opened this other one, there's a pair of gloves in, and there was a jersey, and I went, "Oh," and then they they you know they'd hidden it and wrapped it up, so. So immediately I jumped on my BMX and um, went out and joined my mates. And that was it. And, and literally it was, I had no um, arse in my jeans, you know, after that, because I just rode so much mm-hmm. um, that I just wore out the, the, my jeans all the time. But the, the first race that I did, Dale, and like, as I say, tell me if I'm going on a tangent yeah, or there's any way you want to go. But the, that, the first race, and Alan might have talked about this, was we, we – um, we went to um, Bellevue, Bellevue, and, and Bellevue um, used to be a big sort of fun park as well as where the Speedway team was was um, was was there. And they they did like a they ran a race. I don't I don't know who ran it, but we joined Hindley BMX, right? And you know, thanks to Alan Alan and his dad, like his dad was amazing, really. When I think think back to it, and he sort of got this club up and going, and and um, you know, obviously it was going to be good for Alan and his business and all that kind of stuff, and and that's how we all came together. So we did this race at Bellevue, and I always remember it because I, I I won my group, and it was literally a couple of wooden ramps, right, and you know, there's no berms, and there was all these bikers there, and they used to they were throwing tacks on the track because they hated BMX. <laughs> We all ended up getting punches, right? And, um, you know, these were big, tough bikers and all that. And because um, it was so new, you know, everyone's like, what are they doing? They think they're, they think they're on motorbikes. Right. Um, you know, and they're not. And, um, I mean, the other thing was for me, I always wanted to be a motorcyclist, but I was, there's no way we had the money for me to be a schoolboy motocrosser, you know. I was dead jealous of Alan when he was, um, you know, he was obviously doing that. And um, so for us, and I don't know your experience, but for me, the, BMX was like a cheap form of being on a motorbike, you know, and it was like mm-hmm. I, I could, you know, and it was great. You got a helmet and then, you know, I distinctly remember reading and looking at those pictures, the early pictures in official BMX or, you know, BMX official. And it was, do you remember Cav Strutt, right? Yes, Cav Strutt, yes. I mean, it just blew me away. Those pictures of Cav, right? And I still think he's, I still think that, I saw him, that's right, I saw him riding Bellevue. And it, it, honestly, I just, that was it. It was probably the, the, everything changed that day, right? He did a 360 over the wooden um, table, and I've only ever seen it. I saw Magpie, right? So early memories as well. Magpie, you know, the kids' TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, did a, he did a thing, right? Do you remember the guy with the massive hair? And he was like, yes. I remember being section on BMX. Mm-hmm. Said, right, check this out. This is a new sport. And it went to a clip of America, and I think it was maybe Tinker Juarez, and he was doing um, – he did a 360 out of the bowl, and I just, I, I just, that was, you know, me, me, me jaw was on the floor. I just went, I cannot believe they can do this. And then I saw Cav in the magazines, and, and then I saw Tim, you know, that, you know, that classic one of Tim in the Kahara top, and he's doing that like tabletop one handed. Yes. And, and the, the whole parachute thing where they, they just went, you know, go and throw yourself up that. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you land. And, and we were all like, this is amazing. You're like, Imagine you could do that, and um, and yeah, and then so that that was it. We started riding. We went to we used to go and ride at um, Southport Skate Park, which had been kind of abandoned then. There was an odd skater using it, and um, we'd go and try and jump out of the bowl and stuff like that, you know. But that was that Bellevue race was was my first race, you know. So oh, that's cool. Uh, and Cavstra, I t- actually talked to uh, you know Ruffles a little bit about him. Um, it was actually only like a year ago we talked about it at the uh, when he was yeah. out here for the Hall of Fame. Uh, weekend yeah. and he was saying how you know because like he was like a myth isn't he like I know you saw him I never saw him just in the magazines and all the pictures of him are so rad and Ruffle said he was so good 
and talented for the time, you know. And uh, yeah. just a shame he didn't really stick around, you know. But uh, I mean, how, how could you not be good with a name like Cav Strutt as well? I mean, right, it's just, yeah. It's just, it? it's just, yeah, he definitely... Definitely one was one of these, you know, you always get these undercover icons, don't you? And these yes. uh, column outliers, don't they? And I reckon he was he was just one of those, you know. I think uh, in uh, in the nineties, just just from looking in and, and talking to Paul Roberts, and I, I see a lot of them guys talking. They, a lot of people say that about uh, Jerry Galley. I think in the nineties, um, yes, you know, yeah, guy. And, and I always feel like maybe Calf Struts look kind of like the uh, the I don't know, maybe maybe uh, the early, you know, uh, Jerry Galley, maybe. Uh, type thing, yeah, because like, not many people see him, but the stuff you see of him, the, the pictures and the, the stuff in the magazines is just amazing for its time, you know? That, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I remember because when I, you know, I got back into into BMX later on, um, uh, you know, the racing, people started mentioning, um, I might have I might have met Jerry Galley, you know. Um, you might have crossed paths did, at the end, maybe in the old freestyle, right? Yeah, and Dylan was a bit like that. I know, I mean, obviously, I mean, Dylan's, you know, he was just always talked about. He's like a, a Wigan legend, isn't he? I was like, who are they talking about? Because I'd obviously left BMX, but then when I sort of, you know, met him and saw him just have a little roll around, I went, oh god, he's special, isn't he? You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> you know, sorry, Dylan, I mean that in a good way. I mean, it's just like, you know, you get these people who are just like incredibly natural and mm-hmm. um, find the work. But yeah, yeah, Cav was. Um, Cav was definitely definitely that person. So he he was definitely an inspiration. And then just looking, you know, even the pictures of Andy. And you know, you remember Andy used to wear the Pro Tech. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, love them pictures. Uh, the JT mouthguard, didn't he? And it was kind of like it was all a bit crunched up, right? But it just looked mega cool, didn't it? You just like, oh, these guys, you know. And he had like, um, you know, he had a monk, uh, a super goose, didn't he? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, you just went, that's so factory, you know. It's just it's just amazing, eh? So. Yeah, and then well, <clears throat> I mean, then it's it sort of rolled from there, right, for me. So <clears throat> what happened was that um, Alan and he talked about this. I, I remember I listened to his podcast, and, and he, he went to America, you know, in, in I think it was like eighty eighty one, and you know he went to to sort of source these brands, didn't he? You know, and uh, he ended up um, you know being the Robinson distributor and then <clears throat> talker. So what happened was he he came back <clears throat> from America, and, and I got mates with him and all that through buying the bike and then doing an odd race and we were we'd all sort of a bit of a chat and he said to me look i can't i went around to his house and uh it was it was great and he goes oh, i've got i've got something for you I can't, you know i can't remember the exact words and then he pulled out this frame and it was a talker um talker frame you know the, i think it was a pro not the not the long one it was dead short actually it's probably too short for me thinking about it and he brought out all this max so it was yellow max riding gear and then the talker top and then get this right, he brought out a yellow Simpson helmet. Right. And and I think he might have had some No, no, he didn't. I don't think he had the vans for me, you know, the yellow and black vans, right. But I'd started I bought my first pair of vans and I'm a lifelong vans fan, but I bought my first pair for fifteen quid. I remember that to this day. And um, and I painted them yellow and black. <laughs> so nice. so they might sort um but anyway, yeah, he said to me, Look, I wanna I wanna sponsor you. So I was just like you know, I've I'm the king of the world basically it was just amazing and um and then because we were racing at chorley then dale so so chorley was on its um was was you know up and coming and um and we'd go and and i and i was kind of the um you'll like some of these stories right but i was kind of like i was like the king of the block right so alan was the man right so he was racing in like um you know the 16 expert or whatever 16 plus right so i think i was 14s and then 15s you know so i was on the early cusp of the 15 age group so i ended up racing andy didn't i so so i get all you know factory kit or whatever i mean it's not really but it feels like it and um you know we because we, we all used to just dive in the back of ellen's dad's van and, and drive off to these races and, and that was brilliant for us right because i mean i i got to see you know every weekend we my dad would give me 10 quid and then see you later you know it wasn't <laughs> you think about it now eh? and you know if my little fella did it i'd be like you know you've got to take your ipad so i can facetime you or something or you know you've got to keep yes yeah, different world it's a different different um days isn't it you know and off you go 
you know, no one's secured in the back of this van. It's probably a five-hour journey. We're all, like, throwing stuff at each other. And, you know, it's just, just fantastic times. But we ended up, you know, we, you know, one of the early races. So I ended up racing Andy Ruffle, right, typical, right. I'd have probably bloody won the championship with one for Andy. Um, I ended up being second in the in the 15 age group in the, in the Nationals. But, you know, we raced at uh, Eastway. Yeah. And I don't know if you have a, there's a real good, good one there, right? Because I ended up racing Andy and we didn't meet till, um, till the final. And I, so I, Andy was the mongoose man and he was fast as. And I was this new kid on the talker and I was okay, you know, I was, I was all right, I suppose. I suppose. But I got through my motos, right? And we ended up meeting in the final, right? And obviously Eastway was Andy's track and I, I was doing all right on it. And, the, and we got to the main and we set off and um, and he duffed me up over the berm, <laughs> right? And I went straight over and crashed. And I was gutted, eh? I was just like, I can't believe it, right? And there was a picture. And I'd still, if anyone can find the picture off, you can source it. The picture of me, him going around the berm and me going straight over it, like flying, like a big flyover. Right. And it was just that Andy was... Um, so that was a lesson for me, right? Because I just went, right, this is, this is on, you know? Like Andy's... Andy doesn't mess about, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not sort of, you know, it's duffing up, it's get your elbows out and go hard, you know, and, um, and so that was it. And I just realized, you know, as we used to race, I don't think I ever beat him. I might have beat him once, I think, as a, as a continued racing, but he was just, I mean, he was training before any of us, like he was, he was actually training, you know, he had his head around, like go out and do some sprints and stuff like that. And when we just go ride our bikes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but that was, so that was the race with Andy. And then, um, and then I got in a rivalry with John Lee, right? So you'll love this John Lee story, right? So, you know, we all know John Lee, right? And local to you as well, right? No, surely. Yeah. You know, bloody great guy and, and made, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw the stuff his dad made, his hubs and John, he made John Lee hubs and, no. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. His own, you know, custom made stuff. They weighed about 50 pounds, but I mean, they were great, you know, they were really good. Like anything John makes will last forever. Um, and we ended up, so I ended up racing at Chorley and then this new kid, I remember, so I'm like, yeah, I'm the man at Chorley really in the 15s, right? This was great. And, um, you know, I used to go and get me a little trophy every Wednesday because as you know, <laughs> you know, you get a full gate Wednesdays and bloody weekends and that oh, yeah. as well as doing the nationals. <clears throat> and, um, and then this kid turns up, right, with massive Doc Martens on. A pair of jeans, a leather jacket, and a really goofy motorcycle helmet, right? He's got a mongoose. And sort of, I think he probably said, oh, yeah, I'm John. This is, you know, my dad built this track and all that. And I was like, yeah, right. Yellow and um, talker gear, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm just going to smoke him, you know, no worries. And he just he just blew me away. He <laughs> just beat everyone. And uh, and the next thing, I'm like, I can't believe you, right? And Alan sponsored him. So then we were, we were like, full-on rivals, you know. Was he um, on, when John Lee was on... Talker or Robinson? No, he went on to Robinson. So okay. Alan obviously recognised the talent that he that he was and is, and uh, said, "Right, you know, I'm going to sponsor you with Robinson." So there's me thinking I've got it made. You know, I'm the Talker man, and um, and then in the, my direct competition in the 15s was was John turned up then. You know, um, uh, you know, with, and then next time I saw him, he didn't have his docks on. I think he had a pair of Vans and he had a, like a mongoose kit on. Uh, sorry, a Robinson kit, and he went about 15 miles an hour faster than everybody else. You know. Um, so, but we, we, you know, we ended up getting friends, right? And there's a point to where I'll tell you all this and this kind of background stuff, but we ended up getting friends and then we go and we just go and ride and do jumps and stuff like that. And, um, and John used to have an old, um, like skateboard ramp at his, at Chorley track, you know, and, um, and then he kind of built, I'm sure he had an early quarter pipe, um, and we used to just, you know, cause those days you did everything, didn't you, Dale? You just sort of, you know, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't one thing or the other. It was just like, because there was no freestyle. It was just ride your bike. And if you could do a jump, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it sort of metamorphosized into that, didn't it, after after a period of time, you know. But, um, yeah, so I, I ended up, you know, we all ended up racing together. And we did some memorable races um, in Europe. Um, and um, we we won like a, a team thing in Belgium. We went to Holland and and um, and really you know really great times. I mean just 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 messed out everyone on a big bus and loads of stories stories happening in that you know and um, and then oh yeah this is a good one right. So during that time I had a, I I ended up um, and Alan will like this one. Right? I ended up leaving um, after a period of time. I thought right I'm gonna have a change. I wanted to ride mongoose right. I think it was because I was jealous of Andy. <laughs> 
And I wanted to ride mongoose rides. So I ended up riding for, for a short period of time for this guy called Dennis Christian. Right, he owned, a, he owned a bike shop, just like a normal bike shop in Manchester, right? So I basically went from, you know, Team Factory Allens to, like, absolutely local bike shop in, in Manchester. And he had no clue, but he had mongooses in. I, yeah, he did. He had mongooses, right? So he gave me a mongoose and a helmet or something. So I left this, like, really cool team to ride for this guy. And Alan was really upset about it, right? And his mum was really upset, right? And she ended up strangling me at a race. <laughs> Just true story, honestly, she got me around the neck. It was, um, you know what it was? It was that indoor race in London. Do you remember? Earl's Court. Earl's Court, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I rock up on me new, you know, like, like, whoa, this is, you know, big You see, I've never seen any pictures of you on Mongoose. I just remember you on, on Torco, you see. So yeah, cool. yeah, that's it. So, yeah, this is the little backstories going around, and, and, and I ended up going back to Torco. But during that race, the Eastway, you know, it was a big thing. I turned up, and it was all, like, wooden jumps inside that Eastway. In Earl's um, Court. Sorry, Earl's Court, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, <clears throat> you know, I ended up um, his mum grabbed me around the neck and stuff. And if you if you picture that image of Bart Simpson and his dad, um, <laughs> that's kind of what it was like, you know. We we joke about that when I speak to Alan now, you know. But so I ended up riding, yeah, riding mongoose, not doing very well, I don't think. Um, and then I went to GT. That's right, I rode GT for a bit, you know. Um, Would that have was, been like Jeff, Jeff Barraclough? Yeah, it was. You know, it was right. It was. <laughs> It was a guy called Mark Lavery, right, who um, John Leno's really, he's a mate of John's, and he's a bit of a hustler, Mark, right, and he's a really good salesman, and he ended up getting a hold of, let's say, a few bikes, I think, from from a shop in, in um, you know, the north of England, so they were all GT, so we ended up, a bunch of us ended up riding for GT, so Jason Ramsden, who was a really good Robinson rider, who you, you, you might have, he was yeah, in Yeah, I remember his name, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was one of his you know, real natural sort of rider in it. And we ended up just kind of forming almost like a, it was almost like a breakaway team for a bit, you know. So I rode GT for a little bit. Um, I didn't know that either. Yeah, maybe did a few races. I have got a couple of little old, old pictures of my bikes and stuff. And um, and then I, I actually went, I went back to, to Alan's team, right? So he sort of created this thing called Wizard. I think he they made number plates. Number plates, like. yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. So, he said, Luke, come sort of, you know, words to the effect of come back and ride for me. And I rode on a one of the better, um, you know, talkers. And then I had wizard gear. So I had this really cool, um, like, wizard gear. And I had a, <clears throat> one of the simps, one of the sort of, like, they were making sort of almost making BMX-specific helmets now. So it was like a pretty cool matching helmet. And, um, and I ended up ra- racing, uh, I ended up racing Tim um, and, um and Andy and all those guys in like Bradford and those places, you know, um, and I never got over to your tracks where, you know, those tracks like, um, I think I raced at Cleethorpes and all those places, but I never got, you know, Derby and all those. I never, never ever yeah, raced. Yeah, you those. see, I don't, re- again, I don't remember you as, as only through the magazines. I mean, I know the wizard because there was some early pictures in uh, early BMX action bikes and pictures of you with in the wizard gear. Um, yeah. but I think by the time we, um, yeah, I think, I mean, you, I'm sure you're going to tell us. You, kind, I kind of started using in, you know, I started in 82, but 83, 84 was the first years we started to, like, travel and stuff. Um, yeah. But you was kind of already easing out of it by then, right? Well, I was, yeah. Yeah, when I, when I think about it, it's a really it, – it's funny, isn't it? It's like when, you, when you're a kid and you look at summer and it seems to last forever, doesn't it? And it's only six weeks and now, it, you know, it's the blink of an eye and it's gone. But it was a kind of condensed period, you know, and um, – but – I ended up I ended up doing this, you know, riding wizard, and I did okay. And I'd moved up to the sixteens, and it was obviously it was, um, you know, it was the, the guys were faster and stuff. But and I was into it, and then I ended up just just like doing jumps and stuff like that, right? And and then um, I, I wanted to um, <clears throat> say to Luke, do you want to come and test this bike for um, BMX Weekly? <clears throat> and I and I sort of be the one who, you know. They, they made I jumped a car one day, right? so they set just a just a ramp up over a car, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that. That's all right." And um, you know, I was the one who'd sort of have a crack at it and stuff like this. And um, you know, they, they tested. Um, so then I get me picture in the magazine, right? This is my point behind all this. So you know, they give me um, a twenty six inch cruiser. I remember one time, and, and I could three sixty it over this jump and stuff like that. And um, so you know, they take a bunch of pictures, and and um, and that was the Higginsons, if you remember at the time. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. I always remember. I think I, I think I emailed you about this, right? But you know, we go and do these these tests, and I and I sort of do. You know, I thought they were pretty good jumps sometimes, like pretty high in that. You'd always 
had this thing for taking pictures from underneath. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like artsy kind of sky pictures. So you'd never get an idea about, you know, I was doing a 10 foot jump or something, you know, so I always felt a bit cheated by that. But um, it was, <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up, I, I can't remember. I think then I met Andy Preston, right? Um, at, um, at Chorley. And there used to be this, you know, Andy Preston used to just be like, a, you know, he was a racer and he used to do, do a few little tricks and we all, we all used to just go and do, and this ride this sort of little quarter pie. And I, I can't honestly remember how it came about, but we ended up, we ended up forming a trick team. Um, I, I, so this leads into Pontins, right? So I got offered a job, um, I was about, you know, 15, 16 or it would have been, right? And Pontins had built this track, eh? And we used to go up to Morecambe to do pictures for BMX Weekly. Right, and which we used is to- very well documented if you, you know, if you're a BMX Weekly or you got those issues. I mean, you and Andy Preston are just completely yeah, all, all over those uh, those magazines. <laughs> was, I felt, yeah, it's a bit of a cheat, really. You know? I mean, there was obviously riders that were heaps better than us, but we just we were just there at that point and, you know, you know, it was just like, you know, that's when magazines were everything, you know, and, uh, and they, and it just came about by testing the bikes, you know, they'd have a test on some really kind of rubbish wheels. I remember these acorn wheels. You ever, I don't know if you ever, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I remember all them. Like, I, I remember them all in the magazine reading about you guys as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we'd, um, you know, we'd go and test it and, and kind of make it look good and stuff. And, you know, I'm obviously now I realize it was obviously about advertising as well and they needed to get adverts in and stuff. And, um, and it was a really, you know, it was a great time, but we used to go to Pontins and then they built this Pontins track, you know, which obviously a lot of people remember because yeah. it was, uh, it was really a seminal memory for a lot of people racing there. Well, we, we ended up, I got a job there and ended up, you know, working as a, as a part-time blue coat come BMX race coach, whatever. Right? <laughs> and it was great because it was a, you know, a selection of punters in every week and it was great fun and, you know, and we'd ride our bikes every single day and we had these two ramps there. So we had a bit, like it was the sketchiest quarter part and you would have seen it if you ever look at the pictures. Well, even those two ramps are kind of like famous really, aren't they? I mean, they've been in so many magazines and then the the tabletop, the wooden tabletop as well, right? (laughs) Oh man, that that tabletop, I tell you, it's got some skin on it, that from me. And you're right, it's funny that because that, (laughs) <laughs> look at the transition Dale right of that quarter pipe it's just brutal eh? it was like mm-hmm. there, was, there was no vert on it it was basically a trip rank that that had a you know like it went up to sort of 90 degrees so you hit it and it, it just bounced you up but towards it was fantastic you know and we ended up um, you know we ended up just riding these ramps every day and then we used to ride that that tabletop um, on the track and what we used to do is put the put the jump ramp up to it to get extra boost and that was mega i mean i used to i just sort of remember i know everything's bigger when you're younger like tonka toys seem huge don't you but, right. but you know i remember seeming to do like big old 360s eh? and, and just always in the um in the medical um department of pontins you know and like what have you done today and uh you know i'd fallen off and, and stuck the handle by my belly or something and um but but the, one of the things, right, and we saw the Skyway team, right, so the Skyway team came and did a demo with Pontins in Morecambe, and they brought their own ramps. And um, There's pictures of that as well, right? There is, yeah, yeah, you'd see those as well. They're not hard to find. And, yeah, some, um, my goodness, there was a couple of good riders. I think Billy was there, Billy Stupple. Billy right? Stupple, and- Andy Patterson, Chris Young. That that's right, yeah, yeah. And I remember Billy, like Billy was mega, right? And um like I was just like, whoa, and and I was riding this court pack and it was like this was like a proper one, you know, so it kinda went to you know, had a bit of a on it, had a proper transition. And they were doing some I mean Andy Patterson was like, Whoa, I mean he was not only a legendary racer, <clears throat> you know, he was um he was you know, you'd have seen him jump and he was amazing eh, at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 'cause you, you do you remember you had like you had jumps, so you had the Scott Clark jump. And um, you know you had um, jumps. You know the Harry Leary. Do you remember the picture of Harry Leary where he's he's doing he's braking, he's front wheel braking, and there's a picture of him where he's coming in right because he used to use the two brakes and um, I guess most people did. But he locked his front, and there was this image of him with his his front wheel locked, and you were like, no way, that's amazing. You know, but I just remember it was a time when you know the Henderson and all that. You know, Toby Henderson and stuff like jumps. And tricks were kind of, you know, they were named after riders, yeah, weren't they? Greg but, Hill, Tuck, when he would... Yeah, and, and, you know, following on, so that that's that's how that came about. And we saw that Skyway thing, and then we ended up, I think they sort of said to us, why, why don't you, do you fancy making a team? So this is kind of leading away from the racing a little bit. And um, I did do a couple more races. I raced Wigan, because obviously we, we, we had a hand in building Wigan. And, um, 
you know, we, we sort of, you know, I mean, Alan's dad did a lot of the work and, and, but yeah, me, Alan and Dave and Craig Burris and that all sort of used to go down and sort of, you know, get a spade and do stuff and everything. And, um, you know, and then I, yeah, I did, I did do a few races. That's where there's a couple of pictures of me on King Kong. In fact, if you look on that, I might even, I might even be on a GT on that, but I do a few tabletops over King Kong and stuff, you know. Yeah, I can look, look back at some of those issues, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and then, but then it just led into um, Andy, Andy Preston and me formed this team with, with, you know, the BMX weekly trick team, if you like. And, um, we, Andy's dad was an engineer and he ended up, designing these ramps um which were on a trailer that folded up and down and you could fit the so you had a quarter pipe which was about a skinny it was about a three foot wide quarter pipe that went to ver and you could actually wind it up at the back with a with a jockey wheel and make it over ver or under whichever you want you know mm-hmm. so, it's an ingenious little thing that he did and um and then we ended up um we ended up you know starting to do demos you know we got asked to do demos and all that and um and you know one of the best times i remember do you remember and these are some of my favorite pictures from from it right so so i, so I got on to rally then right that's right so that led into rally so rally um for one reason or another gave me um i ended up riding a you know the classic sort of rally pro burn so it was one of the aero pro and it was a silver aero pro burner and um i I ended up, um, yeah, I had Skyway Tufts on it and stuff like that. And we did a photo shoot at Rom, Rom, uh, Rom Skate Park. And I'd, I'd never really ridden a proper bowl, like a, like a concrete bowl. But it just, it was like a glove, that place, honestly. I turned up, right, and I rode it, and it just went, this performance bowl is mega. And you got and, a lot of, you got a back page, maybe even a cover from there, right? Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to look it up and try, I'm going to put a, what, what are you talking about? I'm going to try and put a lot of these pictures with this interview so a lot of more people can kind of, yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of put the two and two together, but I, I remember there's a lot. There is, um, yeah, cover and a, and a back page at Rum, right? So it's got to be what you're yeah, talking about. That's right, and I got a pull out poster as well, right? And um, from doing a tabletop, but it was just like it was meant to be that that particular day and that bowl and that park. You know, I didn't really ride anything else in the park because you know, obviously now I realise there was a heap of stuff like there's the the gnarly bowl and stuff, but the performance bowl just seemed to suit my style. And the reason I think one one of the reasons was. Um, I got so many pictures was I was doing, you know, reasonable airs for the time. I mean, probably nothing like Billy or any of those guys or I definitely some of the locals used to write it, but, um, the, the, Andy couldn't do really good airs in it. So we had a couple of sketchy moments and, uh, I think I only fell off once, you know, but other than that, I was, uh, I just had it wired, you know, so we, we did that and that was in my rally gear. Right. So, um, I'm pretty sure after that, right, we got, um, so this would have been, I guess I'm guessing about 83, right? And we got, do you remember? So, so it was the, um, BMX beat came about. Yeah. Before right, you so, talk about BMX beat, how did you get on rally then? Uh, just tell us a little quickly. Uh, so I was always interested in that. You know what? I can't, I can't honestly remember. I think it was, it must've been through, um, BMX, BMX biweekly cause it changed to biweekly, didn't it? And, yeah. um, I think it, it must've been through Martin, Martin Higginson. Um, Were I they like man- must- managing it? Was like so. I know you and Andy Preston was like the trick team then. So was like BMX Weekly like managing you guys, or were you kind of hustling your own little you know <laughs> demos and stuff, or were you guys making money, or how did that work? Yeah, not not really right. But what what happened was it was just. I mean, I was living hand to mouth, and and um, Andy Andy's mum did a lot of work actually, and Andy's dad, and they used to sort of arrange stuff. BMX Weekly obviously had the contacts, but yeah, we had no manager or anything like that. No sort of, um, you know, Andy's, like I say, Andy's parents were, were kind of much more on the ball and stuff. And obviously they, um, you know, supplied the kit and stuff. I just, just used to ride with him. But as, as time went on, we ended up getting a manager. We both, um, you know, as we did these other things and we kind of, you know, I, we won a few little things and that. And, um, we got this manager who <clears throat> turned out to be a bit of, bit of a bad proposition really. But, um, but yeah, so so I think it was. I think we got. I got on rally through that because Andy went on to SE. Do you, I mean, you remember Andy on SE? Uh, yeah, was the right, wasn't he? Yeah. So um, and that that came about through Shiner, I believe, if my memory serves me correct. Too. Um, you know, I love Shiner to bits. I mean, to this day, I just um, think Chris and his dad are fantastic, and his mum. But but you know, if I'd have, if you'd have said to me, Dale, are you going to ride rally? Because rally really wasn't up to that much was it you know what i mean it was like obviously big money i mean the the, the guys were based in nottingham then and it, and it was just you know it was obviously 
going, yeah, BMX has got something to offer us, so we're going to get into it. And I think there was a bit of, you know, people didn't want it, did they? You wanted the exotic brands. You wanted JMC. You wanted Robinson or you wanted, you know, um, you know, do you know what I mean? Like you wanted those American brands, didn't you? And for, for Rally to come in, like no one really wanted to ride a Rally because it, it, it was an English brand and no one was really, there was nothing really English floating the boat then, you know. But in fairness, right, the, obviously, I mean, the iconic, aren't they? The, the, you know, for a lot of people, a tough burner, which they came, came about, I think, 83, 84. And then they put me on this um, Aero Pro Burner, the silver one. And then they made the, 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 the coloured one, didn't they? You remember the team rally colours? Yeah. Which, you know, I still get stick off it from a couple of nights, right? But I love that one. I thought it was just really nice. It was a good length. And, and you know, you could use it as a race bike. And that was when before the days when they went a bit more, you know, bolt, bolt on a few things and, you know, you had to have this and that on your, on your freestyle. But, oh my goodness. I've got to tell you the memory, right? Do you remember? I've just, while I'm talking, do you remember that? And um, do you remember the indoor race? Pickett, I think it was Pickett's lock. I I, no, no, it was, there was, it was there was a Pickett's lock, but I didn't go there, but I know it was a huge race, right? That's right. There was a Pickett's lock, but there was a race. Do you remember Bob, Bob Harrow, right? And I've got to give a big shout to Bob Harrow. Right? Oh, how was NEC? blow blow me away not even i couldn't even put words in it but it was that race with the nec yeah that's right dale and um so i got i, I think i raced actually as well but we got invited <clears throat> to um to be one of the the riders there so i think it was six of us right and um and bob turned up and did a demo and this was when he was touring the uk at that time and i, I mean it was just phenomenal i mean i've never i've you know like there's a couple of riders who he sponsored later on, actually, Brian Bliver and stuff like that. That was that was so good, it was not even true. Like, I mean, Brian Bliver was so smooth, but I think, you know, Bob was so smooth and so like, he, and he was riding a coaster. So this is the big thing for us. He's not only got a super cool Harrow bike with black tufts on graphite tufts, by the way, I think, with a gold hub <clears throat> that everyone wanted and no one could get, but he, but he, he, um. Yeah, he was riding a coaster brake. So we all we were all riding at that time. Everyone was riding a freewheel. So, you know, you'd do rollbacks and you'd have to pedal backwards and it'd look all goofy and stuff like that. And he just he was just doing these incredible kick turns, right? And he was yeah. doing probably he was doing he was doing like a three foot egg. And there were, do you remember those pictures? You might have seen them as well, of Andy Ruffle holding the ramp. They're all it Yeah, was like, oh. no, they, they was on his Facebook a few days ago. Somebody posted it on there. There's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. so much iconic stuff from that Halford's NEC and, and YouTube, you can see all the Bob Haro demos on there as well. Yeah, okay. Oh that's yeah, I must I must look them up. I get I get a bit nostalgic sometimes. But that was that was a, a moment for me when I sort of went into freestyle a bit more, you know, so I was like, right, me and Andy had a chat then and we both went to Coaster Break. And um, and that was a bit of a moment because doing airs on a coaster break. So we we'd started doing airs and we had his, his quarter pipe and was, I was getting okay at airs. But to do it with a coaster was a different deal, eh? Because um, you know at the time you had to you know you, you had to set your pedals right, and if you didn't, you, you know obviously going to hook up your brake and, and you know smash yourself. So, but it, it it lent itself to a load of new tricks like the rollbacks and the um, you know the sliders and then the, the you know, really good kick turns because you didn't have to engage your brakes and stuff. You just, you know, sit on the back of it. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's how, that's how I'm pretty sure that's how rally came about. And that's how the, 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 the demos came about. And then, you know, I guess that then leads into, um, you know, into the BMX beat thing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was Colin Keffer, he was involved in that that stuff, wasn't he? Um, he was kind of like the, I don't know, president, but he kind of ran freestyle in England, did he? I remember the yeah, next, yeah, was Simon yeah, Keffer was the son, right? He was an ex, he was a school teacher or something like that, I think. And <laughs> we didn't really get on with him, right? So, so get this, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older then, right? So I'm like 17 or something. And you know, when you're, when you're 14, and you look at a kid who's 17, they seem like they're a man, don't they? You know, they seem a lot older sort of thing. Um, and, you know, it's different when, you know, now I'm 50, someone who's 25 is a bit different or something like, you know what I mean? I don't see much in it, but but when you're a kid, it's, you know, age is a bit of a different deal. But I was sort of one of the older ones to be invited to that first BMX beat competition. Um, and I think it was filmed over a weekend and stuff. And, and um, Andy... Andy Ruffle wasn't riding it, thankfully, because he'd have won it. There's no two ways about it, he'd won it. And that was when Andy got into the um, commentating. Yeah. And he was riding, he was, do you remember he was riding the Amoco um, and he was in the white gear and stuff like this and what have you? Um, yes. 
I was obviously rallying. Andy was riding. Um, he was on the, the yeah the yellow. I think it was the yellow essay or something. And Craig Craig Campbell was in it. Um, and Jess Downforth and a bunch of other guys um, from the different regions. So you're invited. There was two riders from every sort of TV region because we were, if you remember at the time, we were the Granada region. Um, and and this was huge, eh? Because you remember, I and mean, it was when there was only three channels on TV, eh? So yeah. this was this was shown as a, a, a pretty much a half hour show, I think, every every Saturday morning. Um, and you had to do, and it was so, the, the format was ridiculous, right? Because you had to do like a set routine. So, it, you know, you had to do like a, like a 360 and a bunny hop and a bloody kick turn and an air. And I mean, that was, for me, that was me meeting veg, right? Because I, I wasn't that good, really. I could do, I could do a few things, but this was when people started doing one-on-one footers and, um, you know, getting, getting really tricky on freestyle. So it's kind of when it took a, took a jump up, you know, and, uh, but I ended up so you so you did that and that was a mark for that. So these like um, it was almost like a figure skating thing, you know. And then you did like if you like your freestyle thing, and and I did I did really good in the the sort of set routine, and then in the freestyle thing, I did um, pretty average really. But but I ended up winning it. <clears throat> and um, if you ever if you ever you know you, I mean I know you can see that stuff on YouTube, but I'm just shaking my eggs and going, nah, I shouldn't have won it. Like Craig or someone should have won it really because I mean he was. Is and was a super super talented guy, but anyway, it was. Hey, look, I took I took it. It was great, and what that did right was give us give me and Andy a big step up because I think Andy got second or something like that. So that's when we approached, um, or Andy said, let's let's get this manager and all that, and um, and then it just kind of blew up really from there. In that sense, that was like the fifteen minutes of fame because you remember we did we ended up, or you might you may or may not, but we did that program on BMX. Um, um, sorry, TVAM, you know, the Wide Awake Club. Right, you guys were on that. I didn't see, I didn't know that. Yeah, we did. Um, we, so we, yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we went, went down to the TVAM studios and met Roland Rat and um, <laughs> all those people. And it, this, you know, for us, it was mega and it was really great. So we ended up filming a series of, um, you know, like um, episodes on how-tos and all this kind of stuff. And we got a lot of say into it. So we got a lot of say. And this is when hip-hop was, you know, fully special and, you know, everyone was wanting to do, you know, windmills and, and wear, you know, tracksuits and that. And we, we could choose the soundtrack and we were right into it. So it was great. We got to do some of the angles and sitting in the studio and and they showed it. And it was a series of sort of four programs and all that. And I had loads of bleached hair and all that kind of stuff. I remember awesome. you had lots, lots of pictures. You've got like, uh, you've got like the uh, 80s Duran uh, Duran uh, bleach blonde hair, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, I know um, it's a little bit like that now, but it's a bit bit greyer and stuff. But yeah, I, I just thought I was John Taylor or something on Duran Duran, and uh, right, you did look like him. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was my moment, you know, my, my five seconds of fame. But like, honestly, it just it just blew it up. It was fantastic. Right? Now, was and, you um, like making good money and like did people recognise you and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like so so. From that, right, we did. Um, I think that got actually shown twice more, um, and still, you know, still did pretty good that that particular show. And we did. Um, from that, we got some work at the. Um, it's now called the Brit Awards, eh? So we did a. They asked us to do a spot on the Brit Awards. It was called the Rock and Pop Awards then. Right. And being live on stage in the Lyceum in London, um, and doing doing you know tricks in front of them all. And then we ended up, um, I remember one, so we got loads of work, right? And we ended up then, you know, we get paid 60 quid a demo per, per demo. And we could sometimes do two demos a day. That's good money. And, yeah. And it was like, you know, so, but I just, I, I thought I was rich, you know, I thought this is it. Like, I'm just going to wear gold suits. I'm just never going to work again. And, you know, and at that age and <clears throat> that time of, of the sport, you know, you just, um, I didn't really see you know, from, you know, there was no great future. You could never see yourself riding as a 50 year old, you know, um, which, which, but, you know, so it was a great moment really. So yeah, we were making money then. Then we got a couple of little sort of sponsorship deals. And I think, yes, handlebars or helmets did a thing. And then rally ended up, ended up paying me, you know, we sort of um, worked out a bit of a yearly thing and I did some stuff in Tenerife for them, some photo shoots and stuff. And, um, and then we did a demo. That's what I was going to tell you. We did this demo in down south, right? And I remember it was like a combined thing with the Skyway Trick team and me and Andy. And I kid you not, right? It was four thousand people turned up. I could not believe it. We had to get um, we had to get security um, to, to to get us in and stuff like that. And I remember that was 
if you like, the pinnacle of it for us, you know, and then, and I was kind of quickly realizing at some point then that I probably wasn't as good as I thought I was, you know, I was kind of held up by my pictures in the magazines. And um, I ended up, um, you know, we do demos and all this. And then I was kind of getting a bit, a bit jaded by it. You know, I was like, um, I ended up going then to the 85, getting invited to the 80, to the BMX beat the year after. <clears throat> but because I'd won the first one, they didn't let me ride for some reason. They didn't let me, they wanted me to do a bit of a trick spot and then just do a bit of commentary or something. And I was really grateful because, you know, I'd have just been shown up because all the guys had just gone up a notch, you know, like they were just, just amazing really. And, um, so that was pretty lucky for me, but I ended up sort of milking it a little bit more if you like. And we did a few demos and then I don't know if you remember, then I got on to, then they, they took on, um, uh, Andy for rally. Do you remember he, he went on to rally then? Yeah. So did he like kill the budget? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was a bit, I was actually really gutted by that, right? Because I felt I did a lot of, um, a lot of work for them, you know, a lot of promotion and, 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 you know, a lot of people, you know, were riding rallies I felt because of pictures of me, if you like. Mm-hmm. And Andy came in and just, and just basically took, you know, they gave him everything. They gave him a car, they gave him like 17 grand or something like that. He was like, you know, they, I was getting paid about a grand a year or something like that. It was about 1600 quid or something. And, um, you know, but I mean, Hey, it's Andy and Andy was the man and is, you know, like still the man. And, and, you know, he's amazingly talented. So he's kind of yeah. doing you again for the second time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, he got me off the, knocked me off the berm again, right? But, right. you know, I mean, you know, it was, it was a, so I was a bit coyed, right? So I went to, then I, I luckily, that's my, where my hookup with Shiner yeah. started. Shiner said to me, do you want to, do you want to ride Hutch? And, um, I mean, talk about an iconic brand. So I ended up riding the Trickstar, right? But I could never do it justice, Dale. Um, you know, they gave me, the, and, and I remember, right, trade price that bike the hutch trick star with a do you remember those shocking bear trap pedals that are just i mean they were a bear trap weren't they you could literally cut your shins in, in half with them um i rode the hutch the hutch trick star and the, the cranks and everything like that and the pedals and you know the trade price of it was about 1200 quid at the time so they would they were retailing for whatever they would you know um and are you still there yeah no, i'm still here yeah okay. Sorry, I thought I was rambling on too much. No, 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 carry on. This is good. Um, I am. Um, so I ended up doing, you know, sort of my last, if you like, the, I mean, and I've still got my jersey and stuff like that, which is great. I got, I got, I finally got a jersey with factory on it. Cause as you know, I mean, I mean, I don't, was it the same for you? Did you want a jersey with factory on? I did. Oh, of course. I was the same with GT, but I, yeah. And then JMC, I never, never did either, you know, but it was always, uh, always the goal to get that, wasn't it? You know, with Hutch was probably to have the stars on your, on your arms as well, right? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, exactly. Good point. I'd forgotten about that. So, yeah, I got given a factory, um, you know, jersey with my name on the back. And obviously, you know, it said factory on the front. And uh, I actually sold one. So I got two, right? And I kept them. And I sold one on eBay about 10 years ago, right? And someone bought it and they said, great jersey, shame about the name on the back. So I thought that was a good, um, that was a good one. But but it sold for quite good money, actually. So I thought it was. Oh, yeah, in Hutch. But, um, yeah, so I ended up riding, riding for, um, for Shiner, for Hutch and, um, yeah, they were great and they gave me a salary and I, I didn't really do the guys justice. And, you know, for me, Dale, I knew it was kind of, I, I just wasn't hitting the mark and the, 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 the one that did it for me, do you remember, um, you know, you, you remember the guest race where they did the, um, the race Kellogg's. in Birmingham? Yeah, so the Kellogg- yeah, cause she was on Hutch, obviously, oh, at Kellogg's, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I never got invited for some reason. I think there was something going on, but I never got invited, me and Andy, to the Kellogg's thing, you know, where they had the freestyle thing and all that. You this. never went in, you wasn't on 84 Kellogg's? I assume you did. You did Sorry, I did, I did do, you know, they had the, they had the, when they were traveling around to the tracks, they had a freestyle thing too, didn't they? And yeah. they'd turn off the guys that do, but, and it was Eddie Fiola. Right. Yeah, a couple of other guys. I think Dominguez did it and they sort of televised it, but we were sort of left out of that. And, um, yeah, I don't know why that was, but hey, we we wouldn't have been good enough anyway. But I think um, like Billy was on it, Billy Stuckland, what have you. And but we ended up, I ended up getting an invite um, to um, to do that, you know, the Kellogg's round um, and the freestyle round, um, which was a beautiful weekend. Which is, I think, that's where Geff Geff um, won that race, didn't he? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But what happened was, right, I was teamed up. So they brought all, all over all the American pros. And, um, you know, I'm, it was good then because I met a few of me, um, the people I looked up to, like, um, 
you know, the Parsons and all those, you know, the Richie, yeah. oh, sorry, you know, Aunt Richie Anderson and all those guys. And, um, you know, these, the, and like, I think Greg was there, Greg Hill and people like that. And it was just, you know, you know, I'd never seen them actually riding properly, just read about them in the magazines. But I ended up in the freestyle riding against Ron Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it was chalk and cheese. Eh? Like the guy was just killing it. Eh? And, um, and so was like Andy's brother as well, Neil, like these guys mm-hmm. were just, just gone up a notch. So I could go up, right. To, to put it in context, right. I could go up and my best air was like five foot and I'd probably do a, a cross up, maybe a, maybe a one under. And they'd do that, you know, eight foot and then just do, you know, one on one footer and do something else. And then I just realized that, you know, I was on my way out kind of thing, you know, and um, I, I just, you know, I just couldn't. And I was sort of just a bit embarrassing, really, because you're like, you know, you sort of think you're some, you know, you think you, you're OK and you're good. And then you realize that you're just not, you know, you're just going to get pushed out by the youth. aren't You, you know, it's going to happen all the way through. So, you know, that was my I think that was the one of the last probably competitions that I that I went into, you know, and I just got blown away. I just was last place all the way. And it was like, um, that's that's when skateboarding that's when I, I got into um I, I started skating you know and um <clears throat> and yeah I mean that's a whole other, other story if you if you know if you so I'll let you um I'll let you ask me what you want to ask me really because I'll, I'll end up rambling on about that yeah no I think we'll do this in part two because you've got we'll do we'll, we'll we'll do this in two parts so we'll do a little bit more now and then we'll we'll take a break and uh yeah and then the next couple of weeks we'll bang out a part two because I think you've got still a lot more I want to talk about the you know, the British cycling, you was one of the first coaches when the Olympics came around. You got involved. You started racing again after a long break. And I think you got number one, right, straight away? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm the, yeah, yeah, the, the cruiser class A. So, well, let's wrap up what we're, there's kind of, so, so basically 85 ish, you kind of, you, you, you knocked it on the head and then got into skating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I, I just, cause even, even that, um, BMX um, beat the second, if you like, edition of it. I ended, I took my skateboard there and ended up skating, just skating on the ramps and stuff like that. And I was hanging out with, you know, with Dave Arnold and Tim Stamp and that. And we we we'd started skating then, you know. And that's when, for for us certainly in the north and in the UK, that's when you know the resurgence of of like vert skating was was coming back again. You know, I mean, these guys obviously had always done it and never stopped, but um. And it was, and it was funny, right? Because do you remember, you, you, people used to call people transformers. Did you ever remember all that? I, don't, so, I was probably a bit younger to know. Yeah, unless it was a northern, yeah. real northern thing, Manchester. That, that's right, because it was a big thing. You're either a BMXer or you're a skater, right? So, um, you know, you couldn't be both. You know what I mean? Like in some people's eyes and all this, like it was like, and that's when the, to me, that's when everything started to mingle as well, you know. So, so then you'd see skating in BMX magazines, right? And um, you know, you remember official BMX, and there'd be a bit of a skate picture in and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then it, and that sort of metamorphosized into rad, didn't it? You know, like as it as it went on and stuff like that. I don't know if uh, you know, and you might not even know, Mike, but there's actually um, uh, they started at Instagram the guys that did rad, which was obviously Action Bike before. Have you seen those guys? I think it's. Uh, Seek and destroy is something on Instagram, but yeah. they, they've documented all. I, I'm sure you've seen it all, right? I have, yeah. I just actually just I think it was through looking at your your Instagram, and I clicked on it, and I've yeah, I started following them now, and I think they they follow me and stuff. I mean, I don't post that much, but theirs is great. Eh? So you got all those 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 pictures from that time, you know. But yeah, so so you know that was the time when, and and as I say, there was this whole thing like you they used to call you. I used to get called a transformer, right? Because I was a, I was kind of like still BMXing and still doing demos, mm-hmm. and I used to end up working for Manchester Council, and um, and and that's when we ended up building the Ardwick ramp, right? Which was like a you know a vert ramp in in Manchester, and so I'd still do BMX demos, and I could still you know earn a few quid doing that sort of thing. But I had to I did you know, I had to get a real job. I ended up working at a bike shop or something like that, and building kids bikes. You know with the tassels on the end. Um, on the yeah. handlebars and one of the mechanics used to beat me up all the time um, and I remember thinking what a fall from grace you know there I was you know one week I was on um, you know BMX Weekly and now I'm getting battered by a bike mechanic right. um, you know but but that was that was when you know it all started you know that's when skateboarding started to come come into play and all that but that's 
I guess the whole now, of the now Steve Grattan, you obviously probably crossed paths with him in the early days of racing, right? I think he was number two behind Alan Woods or Tim Roper Cobra, probably a year or two older than you. Now he was a, a big in skateboarding. Do you guys cross paths in BMX and maybe again in skateboarding? Yeah, yeah. I, I, Steve, I remember Steve. He's a great guy because we we met at um, one of those like for me it was really iconic and I can't think of the name. Um, you know, Northern Tracks, right? Which was just like just fantastic, just in some field. But it was it, when I think back, it was dead exciting. And Steve was racing there, and he was kind of like. You know, kind of. I think he was a year older than me, and in the age group, and he was he was a bit of a ripper, and we just had a bit of a chat and stuff like that. And I didn't really know he was a skater at that point, you know. And it was only <clears throat> when um, I sort of started getting into skating that um, I realised that he had a, you know, he'd come from skating. And some of my mates there, I mean, Dave and and um, Craig and all those guys from the north, you know, Craig Burris, who you know, would, yeah, yeah, was Robinson and and Dave Arnold, who was sponsored by Arn for a while, and they'd all had this this but but yeah there was a few of them i mean um like andy used to skate didn't he andy ruffle and i think tim skated and all that kind of stuff which i didn't know to listen to your podcast so um but yeah you, you know if you speak to anyone around that period i mean you know you're a little bit younger so but there was always you know it was always you were one or the other you know like you couldn't you couldn't be both um, to a certain extent. And there was, it was even sort of half promoted in the magazines a little bit, you know, which was a funny sort of viewpoint. Um, and, um, you know, there was always that, like we talked a little bit about Elf Air, but, you know, the, the North-South divide sort of thing, you know, which is, which is a classic anyway. But it was always a little bit classic when you were riding, you know, riding and skating. There was always like, you know, there's always one that was affiliated down south, if you like. And, um, you know, we obviously got the coverage because BMX Biweekly was north, you know, Morecambe, and we were just handy. So we got a lot of pictures in that, which was kind of good for us, you know. But, um, but yeah, mate, that was uh, – so 85. So it wasn't that long. What was it What was it in it? Four years, maybe five years? I mean, I was always riding and stuff, but and that, that was – crazy. You know, I was talking to Eddie King today, and uh, we was talking because Eddie didn't race that long, really, and he only came to Europe a hand only, but he came to Europe a handful of times. Then he went to Brissy, Paris a couple of times, and he came to England, um, you know, for the Kellogg's and, and for the Worlds. But just those few years of of, of, of of coming to Europe and only so many years racing, he retired in, I think he said, 89. But there's yeah. so much coverage and so much documented on, you know, I mean, everybody, if you follow the HSBMX, you know Eddie King. And if you're in England, everybody knows you, you know, but you guys, your careers were really short, really, weren't they, compared to maybe, say, you know, guys that move from the late 80s into the, well, the guys probably like the 90s, a lot of the guys from the 90s up to, to currently seem like people are in it a longer time, you know, but uh, yeah, it seems like you guys got a, a hell of a lot of, you got a lot done in a short period of time, you know. And it was that, I think it was that time, wasn't it? It was, it was, you know, it was blowing up, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, was just it really was. You know, like that's what, what is a little bit surprising to me to this day is, you know, that, you know, there's obviously there's movements everywhere, isn't there? And, you know, classic cars and all that. But then you've got all these people who kind of almost worship that time, you know, and, uh, you know, Rally just released the, um, you know, well, a couple of years ago now, but they released the, the, the anniversary edition of the, of the, you know, and, and it's like, I've got to say this right before, before I go, but it, well, cause I'll probably uh, forget it. Right. But it's like, um, you know, you've got, when we started, hey, it's like, you've got, um, do you remember dad's racing? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But they really were dads, I, weren't they? And even though they were like late twenties and early thirties, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a dad was then, wasn't it? So, yes. you know, like an older dad now, but you know, like dads then were like, and they were men, weren't they? You know, we were all you know, kids and boys and all that. And you'd, They'd have a dad's right. I mean, I we all remember him, but I remember him at Chorley. Yeah, <laughs> no, we had him as well. Yeah, and they really were dads. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because they had zero skills because they'd never come from a BMX background. They were just like, were dads, weren't they? You know, and the so sport was so young. We, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, we'd also we'd all you know because we were riding our bikes and we knew what it was about. And they they might have ridden a motocross bike maybe or something, but they'd all go right dad's race. So we'd all crowd around waiting for the accident. You know, yes. and you're just waiting <laughs> up some carnage. Yeah. And, you know, put that into context now and you look at, um, you know, look at that. I mean, so, you know, I mean, obviously we'll talk about that in another one, but, you know, I started racing again in the, in the, you know, the 40 plus. Right. But then these people who've not stopped racing, you know, who are racing that. So you got, you got, you know, Tony, Tony, you know, Flemdog and all those people and they've never stopped. So they're, 
and you know it's the same the world round isn't it you know and um you've got those people who who now dad's racing is now the 50 60 plus isn't it you know and yeah the guys skills man i mean they're yeah. doing the big and the you know the the, the you know the, the the killing it aren't they and stuff you know but um I mean, I've got to just say this one one thing as well, Dale. You know, you know, you posted those pictures, right, of that Indonesian racing. Yes, a lot of flashbacks, right? I tell you what, right, that blew me away because yeah. like, that's that's new, isn't it? It's new. That's it's happened, recent, yeah, that's <laughs> recent stuff. Yeah, last couple of years, and um, but that gives like people like you and me and me like, oh my god, this is how it was when we started, right? And that's that's what. Honestly, that that floated my boat big time because yes. look, I love BMX racing and always in it believe it or not as well as kind of freestyle but i do love bmx racing but and i know this is a complete you know a whole different topic and you could probably do a whole podcast about it but it, it, it's just kind of it's just lost a little something on it mm. you know what, what that is i can't put my finger on it because but but when i saw those pictures basically um and i know you can live in the past i know it's very easy to get older to go yeah yeah you know but when I saw those pictures, like, oh my goodness, you know, these guys are just doing it. It's muddy. Yeah. You know, they're prob- probably going through a puddle and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the, you know, you know, not the clips debate at all, but I mean, you know, they're just, they're just having fun, aren't they? And, and there's something about that, 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 you know, maybe it's, st- you know, it still happens a little bit at a local level, but I think that was that whole eighties period of the early seminal BMX for us was like, it was just, it was a fantastic period, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, I think that that Indonesian. You know, I posted a couple of things from there over the last you know few months, um, but it got a lot of traction, and I think it's yeah a lot of our older people that saw that, and and yeah, exactly kind of what you said. It kind of flashed back, like oh my god, they're doing now what we all did right at the start, and then you're thinking of all of that, that yeah, the, the the innocent fun of riding a bike and racing and just getting into it, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. It, and that's why I posted it, because it, it tripped me out as well when I, I discovered it, and a few of them guys started following me, and they met, I get a lot of those clips, those guys kind of, when they, when certain guys in Indonesia, they'll, they'll send me clips and stuff now, so I get quite a bit of that stuff, you know, that's why I've been posting it here and there, you know, because the guys kind of know that I'm on the radar, and I like that stuff, you know, so I think that's... It's great, yeah, that, I was just, yeah. Blew me away. Actually, that's super cool. Well, let's let's call part. Let's call that part one then, Mike, because I've I've got a lot of more questions for you. And I think once we post this, some of the old school guys are going to start messaging me. And and I'll say Simon Tabron. Um, I don't have it here because I'm never organised. But he sent me a bunch of stuff to ask you. Um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and I think there'll be a few more guys hopping on that. And I've still got a lot more to to that I want to talk. Like I say, we want to talk about when you come back, and then what you're up to now. Live in Australia, the mountain biking, surfing, just all the all the cool things you do, you know, and I think uh, at the same time, I'm going to start, I've already started picking out some of the magazines. There's so many great pictures to put with all this, so I think we should definitely split it up and uh, do that, right? Brilliant. Okay, mate. It's a pleasure. Right. No worries. Awesome. Well, sounds good, Mike, and we'll catch everybody in uh, part two. Cheers. Right. Thanks, Dale. Take care, mate. Bye.